Who is this? Who is this guy? 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 Norcal guy. Norcal guy. Norcal guy. Norcal guy. Norcal guy. Norcal and chill podcast. Show. It's chill time. Norcal and chill podcast. What the shit? The chill. Norcal and chill podcast. Show. It's chill time. Hey everyone, welcome to the next episode of Nor, Cal, and Shill. Today's guest is Matt Caesar. Matt is a professional baseball player and 2016 World Series champion who began his art career by raising money through his paintings for multiple nonprofit organizations, including his own. Being a professional athlete, he draws inspiration from sports stars and iconic moments in sports history. Caesar uses stencils and spray paint as his chosen medium, focusing on line discipline that mirrors his own regimented lifestyle. Everyone, please welcome Matt. Hey, Matt. Welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today? Yo, what's going on? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Doing good. It's a nice day. It's not hot out anymore. You know, fall's coming. Dude, I'm in New Jersey and it's literally been raining for the past four days. Oh, wow. <laughs> Dude, I'm, we're getting crushed. And I've been, I mean, you know, we talk about golf every once in a while. Dude, I'm obsessed with it. And it's really, really crushing my golf game right now. It's, <laughs> <laughs> you're going to have to hit up like Top Golf or something just so you yeah. can have like a covered driving range. Dude, you're right. I, and like, that's not even good enough because I need to get on the course and walk around. And <laughs> it's just, it's just different. But yeah, true, tomorrow, true. tomorrow we're going out. Had a okay maybe like a, a little bit of rain today. So, I'll bring my poncho tomorrow and my rain boots and we'll we'll go hit some balls. Nice. Well, that's all. <laughs> hey, <laughs> you got to scratch the itch. No doubt. No doubt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, do you have a hardware wallet? Do I have a hardware? Yes, I do. And I have certain things in it. I have my, like we just previously talked about, I have my doodle in there. Yeah. I have my punk in there. Nice. And then, so usually what I did early on, I talked to a bunch of people about, you know, almost setting aside, you know, a certain amount of Bitcoin and a certain amount of ETH. Hmm. And this is when I was like really early, like maybe 2020. And it's, it's early for me, but not for probably most people listening to this. But when I set that aside, it was like, all right, here's your number for Bitcoin. Here's your number for ETH. And pretty much ride this out to the end. So once I accumulated that, then I kind of like, you know, I put money in here and there. Yeah. But majority of the money goes to kind of like in real life stuff or purchases that artists that want to collect. And yeah, so definitely have a hardware wallet with like some legit stuff. Nice. I like that mindset, you know, like you made, you had some goals, you collected that or you stacked until you got those goals yep. and then now you can use as needed. Yeah. When I first started, I remember like it was yesterday, I was in spring training and I was like, I had some really, really high sales and high, you know, it was like five, six ETH. Yeah. But, you know, I think ETH was climbing like 1,700, two grand. And, and like, it was almost like it was funny money. I remember looking at my wife and I'm being like, man, is this real money or what? And I kept, put, <laughs> kept putting it in Coinbase. And, you know, that was, that was like my wallet. I didn't have a hardware wallet when I was, you know. Oh, yeah. And dude, it got to the point where I was literally, I couldn't sleep at night because I was just kind of checking the market and seeing if it was going up and, and I wasn't trading <laughs> anything. I was just looking at it. Right. But it, so it got to a number and I was like, wow, I, I got to get this out. 
So that's when I got the hardware wallet. And that's when I talked to his name's Mark with Bitcoin. I talked to Mark and Mark's like, hey, listen, man, set some goals, hit your goals and just kind of leave the money in there. And those are your those are your goals. Yeah. Have, you know, a certain amount of Bitcoin, a certain amount of ETH and just let it ride and don't t- and don't touch it. So, you know, that that's what I did. And I, I felt so more, so much more comfortable and wasn't checking my phone every 30 seconds. <laughs> right. I know. I feel you on that one. Before NFTs, that was my thing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it was oh, man. I'm telling you, my wife. I just remember like laying in bed, like leaning over, checking. I'm like, all right, I'm up, I'm up. And then then it would go down. I'd be like, right. and what sucked about it is like, you know, Saturdays and Sundays, and Mark is still friggin' getting crazy on you, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh man, what were your first thoughts when you heard about NFTs? Like I said, 2020. I was with the Phillies at the time, Mike, and it was it was through COVID. So I went home. I was like, art's always been a hobby for me. Mm. So it was always kind of like painting since about 2014, just you know doing stencils, spray painting. Micah Johnson, who we all know, reached out to me and was like, "Hey man, let's do a collab." Actually, somebody posted on Twitter, "Hey, I would love to see Micah and Matt Caesar do a collab." And then Micah reached out and. We did a collab on George Floyd, and it was like he did one side of the face, I did the other. Okay, and it was it was pretty symbolic because it was you know a black and white artist, mm-hmm. black and white baseball players coming together to do pretty much like what he did was he did like a black and white photo, and I did like a color photo. We did that, and he's like, "Let's sell it as an NFT on Nifty Gateway." And I'm like, "What the hell is an NFT?" <laughs> I remember I was like sitting out back. We live on a canal, and I was looking out at the water, and I was talking to him on the phone. He's like, "Matt, it's going to take over." He's like, "Just trust me on this." So we did an edition. It was like an edition at eighty, and then we did a one-on-one, and then we also did a physical. The physical was purchased by Jason Hayward. I'm not sure who got the one-on-one physical or one-on-one NFT on Nifty. And then we sold 80 and we sold it, sold out in like, I think it was like less than six minutes. Oh, wow. And I didn't even know it was happening. Like, <laughs> Mike had texted me because, you know, I, I really didn't think anything of it. I was just, you know, focused on the physical. Right. I got the physical sold. So I was happy about that. Mike had texted me. I was sitting on the couch watching TV with my wife. And she, he was like, hey, we just sold out in less than six minutes. And I remember looking at my wife and I was like, hey, we just sold out our NFT. And she looked at me. She's like, what's an nft <laughs> i was like I, I don't know man but so once that kind of happened i was like all right i need to do some more digging and i trusted micah you know i'm, I'm always yeah. so skeptical about people kind of like wanting to get in like a business deal or any kind of money related thing because i was a baseball player and they know that you know oh, yeah. i had some success so but when micah reached out i was like you know this guy is like the same as me i'm, I'm on board with him so, so that was like you know, my first experience with NFTs, and I just kept grinding, man. I just I got on Super Rare, and then I just started putting out pieces, and it's been history since. Nice. So, why did you choose art? What brought you to art? So, like I said, I, I've been doing it since fourteen, but I, you know, I studied art in college. I, you know, took art in high school and grade school. I was always like so fascinated with creating. My dad, when I was when I was a kid, my dad would like he would carve, he would. He made bucktails, like a fishing lure. Okay. He painted, he would sketch, and he always kind of just did that as, you know, something that he did after work. And at the time, I didn't really, I thought he was just drawing. But once I started to, like, play baseball, and I would come home, and I would, you know, start drawing or sketching after work, 
after baseball. Like it started, like everything kind of made sense. I was like, ah, oh, that's why he would do it at night after dinner because he was just kind of like relaxing and it was just very therapeutic for him. Yeah. So that's really how I got started. You know, he, he was a big influence on me. And then dude, when you're playing baseball, you're at the field for almost 12 hours. So it was a nice kind of release to come back to, to like just kind of sketch right. and paint or, or do whatever. Nice. I like that. Yeah. You know, it's, it's almost like, you know, like I said, it's very therapeutic. Yeah. It helps you get away from the game. You know, whether you were 0 for 4, 0 for 5 or 5 for 5, you know, it's just like, you know, you don't want to ride that high or you don't want to be too high. Don't be too low. And by coming back and, and having something to look forward to and kind of take your mind off the game kind of like would bring you down to like a, a balance or very even keel. Right. So what jobs have you done along the way? I know you've been a baseball player, but did you have any pre-baseball jobs? So my first job, I worked in a bike shop and, you know, I would adjust seats, fix bikes, you know, okay. put helmets on, like it was nothing. And I got really lucky because it was like my best friend's grandfather who did it. And I, you know, I called him pop. Nice. And dude, I was like, I forget it. I think it was like eighth grade or ninth grade. I was making like 20 bucks an hour. Oh, shit. So, <laughs> yeah. so, I, so I got super lucky, you know, and that, that was my first job and did like some lawn cutting every once in a while for another friend. Then it was baseball. No, it's art. Nice. That's that's cool. I like that. That's a that's yeah. a fun stuff first job. <laughs> no, it it was good because you know I always there's like this saying how your dad rides his bike to work and your son he rides his bike to work so his son can drive a car and then mm. the the son's the son's son is like driving a Mercedes like the, there's a whole spiel to it and and I thought it was pretty cool because it's really really the same thing. My dad was driving like a beat up truck to work grinding. I would go from football practice from like six to eight and ride my bike a half hour to work every day. Ah. And it, it almost just like created discipline within just kind of getting up and going to work. And now I'm going to be able to give my son, you know, something that I didn't have for sure. You know, hopefully he can just kind of continue that discipline and, and pass it on. Right. I like that. If you were an animal, what would you be and why? Oh man. I'd either be a, a lion because I'd be king of the jungle or an eagle, <laughs> an eagle because I think it would be pretty cool to, to fly and, and kind of be like to see that bird's eye view. I mean, you know, being a lion on the ground, we have very similar views, but being in the sky, I think that'd be pretty cool. Right, right. No, that's a solid choice for sure. Do you have a favorite food? Favorite food. So, I always think about like how I could eat. Let me let me try to phrase this. What I can eat the most of. Oh, okay. And it's it's always like it always comes back to like chicken parm. Oh. Like if I see if I see chicken parm on a plate or like on a on a platter, I could probably eat the entire platter until then I'm super stuffed <laughs> that I can't move anymore. You know, I, I love eating steak. Like a nice ribeye is, is very good, but I couldn't eat like six of them. Whereas I, if I see chicken parm, I could probably, I could just eat until I, you know, wouldn't be able to eat anymore. So I probably have to say chicken parm. <laughs> that would be my weakness. All right. I like it. It's a first. It's a first yeah. on the show. It's a solid first though. Yep. What's the best piece of advice you have been given? The best piece of advice I've been given. I mean, that's a good one. I mean, there, there's so much, so much you, you learn, you know, from playing sports and, you know, I think the biggest thing that has helped me grow as not, you know, not only an athlete, but as a person as well is to have discipline. And I, I really learned that from football. You know, football is 
is a teacher of discipline. It's a teacher of work ethic. Um, it's really like, you know, how tough you are. And everybody's always like, you know, would you let your son play football? And I said, yeah, you know, football is what made me the man I am. You have, you risk, you know, getting injuries. But every time you step in a car, you risk getting an injury too. So it's, it's just kind of like hard to say that as an excuse. Um, so I feel like, you know, I don't have a quote for you. And I really don't have like, you know, a, a saying just being disciplined ha- is is probably like almost the best advice I've ever had. Yeah. No, I mean, that's solid. I mean, sometimes it just takes that grit to just push and push and push and then you finally get through. Right. Exactly. And you don't learn discipline by like genetics or, you know, you learn discipline by like actually getting out and doing it. Right. So I think like, and no matter what it is, you know, for whether it's football, whether it's art, whether it's being on the podcast, you know, like you have to kind of be consistent with this to, to have a podcast, you know, like, so it's, you know, just having that discipline of knowing that you got to get it done. has just helped me like tremendously throughout life. Right. And I like that. Do you have advice for artists joining the NFT space? Yeah, I think the biggest advice that, that I would give is just to stay consistent. That's something that we talked about earlier. Yeah. You know, we're going through kind of a, a crappy market right now. But it's 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 good to put out work. It's good to mend stuff because when when the market does turn, people are going to see that you've been mending, you've been grinding, and it'll definitely pay off in the long run. Definitely will. If you could live or move anywhere, where would you live and why? Uh, it's a good one. I'm going to give you an answer, but I love, <laughs> I, I really love where we're at in New Jersey. Okay. We stay away from the hurricanes. We don't have any tornadoes. We get the snow. We're able to live the seasons. We get fall. We get to see the the colors turn on the leaves. We get the summer. We have like the summer rush where you know, tourists come down, but we have, mm. we have the like isolation when the tourists leave in the wintertime, you know, I, I think right where I am in New Jersey is like the perfect place. All right. Like, I, you know, you really can't beat it. But, you know, if, if I had my my choice, we went to Bora Bora. Oh. And for our honeymoon. And talk about paradise, man. Like, you know, one thing I can do is sit on the beach and drink Mai Tais. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I wouldn't mind doing that, you know, as like a six-year-old living out my last days in Bora Bora. All right. All right. Uh, that's a solid one. <laughs> Do you have any questions for me? Do I have any questions for you? Yeah. Since you're, I mean, you've been a collector for as long as I've, I've been in the space. You know, what, what kind of advice would you give artists new to the space or, you know, just kind of in the space as well? Mm. Man, if you're coming in new to the space, definitely at this point in the game, educate yourself a little bit, but definitely start off on your own contract. It's just no reason why not. At this point, you can do it with Manifold and then you can list on any of the platforms pretty much and go from there. Don't overthink your pricing, especially if you're starting out. Start low and just let the market decide is what I would say. Be happy with those sales. Just push for those sales. And the hard part is, I guess, getting eyes on you. And the easiest way to start doing that is to, I guess, interact with collectors on Twitter and not DMing them, but thoughtful comments on anything that they may post or memes to get them to laugh <laughs> and then they uh, yep. could potentially respond back. <laughs> love it. I love it. Yeah. That's what I would say. Any other questions? No, I mean, I'm actually, I'm actually curious why Manifold, like why create your own contract? You know, being on Super Rare, 
like what's what do you in your opinion like what's the difference you know having your own manifold contract that's on super rare compared to just minting on super rare mm. i feel like having your own contract whether it is manifold or potentially anything else that comes out that allows you to do your own contract is like your signature on your work gotcha so it is that that signature that signed piece from your wallet and not some shared contract got it yeah i like that yeah that's it dude i don't i don't have any other questions i I like those i think it's very informative i never even thought about that yeah well do you have any shout out if you want to do any shout outs now's the time for shout outs <sighs> dude i'm not uh i'm not no shout outs i mean i you know i i love this space you know the nfts i can i guess i can give a shout out to you know the space in general because it really helped change my life yeah i went from baseball player to nft artist in like literally the blink of an eye and it made my transition from baseball to the afterlife of baseball or retirement <laughs> so much easier dude like you know i i met so many great people right and financially it helped me leave the game so much easier i've really enjoyed like meeting you in new york meeting other collectors and other artists and it's just like yeah my shout out is to the space and, and how it's changed my life nice i love it do you have any upcoming projects or anything this is going to come out in about a month Ah, oh, so upcoming projects. You know, I've been, I've been working on my Bones project for quite some time now and always grinding stencils. Like I started doing them again, you know, have so much fun like we talked about earlier. I just enjoy doing it, you know, almost like a realistic take, yeah, but a unique take on whatever it is, you know, whatever kind of object, whether animal, skull, piano, rose, whatever it is, you know, I just enjoy doing it. And then we just, you know, I'm, I'm grinding with Artifaction on Noble, which has been fun. And that's been an exciting project to, to kind of continue to grind on. Nice. Like it. Well, Matt, man, thanks. Thanks for this podcast. Thanks for your time and this interview. Love it. Yeah. Thanks. No, thanks for having me, man. Like we've had, uh, we shared some, some good time in New York and yeah, I'm, I'm grateful to be on here. Cool. Well, we'll talk soon and take care. Enjoy your week. Sounds good. You too. Who is this, Who is this guy? Who is this guy? Who is this guy? Who is this guy? Norcal guy. 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 Norcal and chill podcast. Show. It's chill time. Norcal and chill podcast. What the chill? Norcal and chill podcast. Show. It's chill time. Norcal and chill podcast. What the chill? The chill?